all day I was praying, and Mark was in my heart all day and just praying for him and thinking about him. And uh, this morning, I texted him, and I said, uh, you guys going to be there today? He said, yes. I think we're going to do a tag team kind of thing today. He said, okay. <laughs> so uh, I know exactly how he feels. I did give him a heads up on kind of what we're talking about. But, you know, as I, there you go. That's awesome. You rock, Brianna. As I was preparing and, and just praying over today, uh, you know, I was thinking that last week in Revelation, the Lord talked about repentance and uh, Revelation chapter 2, he said all the, he listed all these good things that were done. He said that, that they did, but he said, you left your first love. And I talked about the need to repent before we come back in the building because we can have preconceived ideas about what that's supposed to look like and what our expectation is. Because our expectation is what determines how we see God in the moment. So if our expectation is, I just want to come and do my thing, then that's what you'll get. But if your expectation when you come is that you're part of a living body that's coming together, and when you come together, you should be provoking, invoking, not in a negative way, in a positive way, drawing and, and uh, sharpening one another. That's why we come. And in our culture, what we've made church is where we get our fix. And what I love about Mark and the relationship we've had for a few years now is that we're always spurring one another on. I can honestly say that when I, I tell Mark sometimes when I talk to him, because just where he walks with the Lord is so precious to me and powerful. I tell him sometimes, we'll be talking, he said, man, you good? I said, yeah, my head's just hurting. Because <laughs> I'm trying to comprehend and process some of the things that we just talked about because of just his pursuit of the Lord. So that's important. And we look, and again, okay, Ephesians is, is huge in talking about uh, the body but one of the things that the Lord really stirred me in this morning as I was, uh, when I texted Mark and was talking to him, is Ephesians chapter 2, we're going we're gonna to start there. Strong, it's too low. Yeah, I'll raise that up. We're family, it's all good. Look at you. The, the, how about the women in the house? I'm just saying, right? Come on. Brianna bringing it up. Tina's high. Raising it up. See, <laughs> I'm so sick of polished religion. I, I'm not, I'm going to put the disclaimer right in the beginning. I'm not knocking anyone. I'm not coming against anyone, okay? I don't have an axe to grind against any pastor, any church, any whatever you want to call it. I don't. I'm just saying for me, for this house, I'm tired of things having to look. If they don't look exactly right, they go, oh, what are we going to do? We're going to make room for Jesus. And if that looks sloppy sometimes, that's okay. I'm not talking about doing things, not doing things with excellence. We're going to take things to a new level about excellence. But I'm talking about not being so perfect and pristine that it has to be polished and look a certain way every time. And then the expectation is if it doesn't look that way, then we missed it. When 
I'm convinced that the religious leaders of Jesus' day had it polished to a perfection, and they missed him. They missed him. They knew the scriptures better than anyone on the planet, and they missed him, the living word. Hallelujah. I'm a little stirred up in a good way. I'm sorry, I said Ephesians 2. It's Ephesians 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm just going to read it all. Chapter 1, verse 15. This is Paul uh, praying for the church, for believers here in Ephesus. And here's what he said. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints... Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you might know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one that's to come. Verse 22, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over the church, head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So he said, this is who Jesus is. This is what the Paul's saying. I'm, I'm praying that your eyes would be open, your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know, that you would understand, that you would experientially know the hope of his calling, what, the riches of his glory that's in the saints. So where's this glory? In us, in the saints. It's not out there somewhere mystically. It's in us. That's where this power is located, in us. So, and then he says this in verse 21, verse 22, and he put all things under his feet and gave him as the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So Jesus is the head of all things to the church. The word church is this. It's the ecclesia. It means assembly, an assembly, a calling out. It literally means this. This is Strong's concordance. This is in his definition. A Christian community of members on earth or saints in heaven or both. Selah. He said it's a community of members on earth or saints in heaven or both. So the church is not just the, it's not the building that we gather in. It's the assembly of the body. Those in the earth and those outside of the earth. Well, strange things you're saying today. That's what the scripture says. When it talks about the, the ecclesia, the church, the body, it's not a building that we come to. It's who we are. And it's not just who we are. It's who, who has been before us and who's still living today. Not just Jesus, but the saints that have gone before us. Hebrews talks about there's a great cloud of witnesses watching on. Ephesians goes on to say we're seated in heavenly places in him. 
So if we're here and there and they're there and we're here, we're the church. Well, you're getting out there. Jesus, on the Mount of Transfiguration, had visitors from another place. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Mark, you just cut me off and jump in anytime you yeah. want, man. I'm going to add something real quick. You guys all hear me? Yeah. So how many of you live in a development? Good morning, by the way. <laughs> How many of you live in a development that has an HOA board, right, that'll tell you to clean your house, uh, mow your lawn, or you can't have something a certain color, <laughs> right? Yeah. You guys with me? Some of you are getting angry as I'm saying this right now, <laughs> stirring up some anger. It's real to Brienne and Tyler because they're getting a fence put in their backyard, and they had to get everything approved through the HOA. Yeah, you got to get a certain fence in our development, which is Supposed to be, well, I don't want to go into this, the whole thing I go in there. But listen, the ecclesia, the church, okay? I'm just going to completely throw this out there and just say it. In the West, we have been programmed, especially if you've grown up in what we call church, that the church is nothing what the scriptures actually say that it is. Right. You want to know what a church actually is? It's an HOA board. We decide Come on. as the people of God what comes in and what goes out. <laughs> We're supposed to be a governing board. Here's the question. Where do we govern from? If I go to court in North Carolina and I lose, I go to the Supreme Court maybe, right? The, the, the Supreme Court's the highest court in America, Yes. The courts of heaven are real things. That's the highest court there is. We make decisions there, but we've got to believe we're there, and we've got to access that place, and it's inside of us. Guys, where did Moses get the temple from? He had to be very specific to build it. It's according to a real temple in heaven. Yeah. And I know this. I can't just sit. <laughs> Come so. on. I know this can mess with our intellectual mind, and it's supposed to. Heaven's a real place. Come on. There's a real temple there. <laughs> Come on. There's a real temple there. Yeah. And what we do is we create these little boxes, and we'll call them theological boxes, and we'll use the word doctrine, and we judge people based on, am I too close to this and getting way too loud? No, it's not loud. It's just focus. That's all right. We're good. Was it? No, go. Keep going. So do we have to, is that a, is that a camera? Yeah, man. <laughs> I thought that was a mic or something. I didn't have a clue. That's why he was doing that, because I'm running around. He's trying to get me in this thing. <laughs> I had no idea what that was. This is all new Dude, to me, Dude, I love man. you. Awesome. <laughs> I don't know anything about technology. I thought that was a mic that helped us here ourselves, actually, to be completely honest with you. Hey, what, so what we'll do is we'll create these boxes that we call doctrine, and we judge other people based on those boxes, and the whole time Jesus isn't in them. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> Say that again. Okay. How many of you heard that but didn't hear it? Okay, let's I want to say that again. <laughs> this thing is messing with me. <laughs> Just I feel like you. it's going to speak to me like a robot. <laughs> And say amen or something back to us. It's not. There's people at home that are saying amen yeah, right now. Amen. Amen. Like, who's this guy? <laughs> we build boxes. What did I? Yeah. 
So what we do, and here's another thing we'll do, and just hear me out before you judge what I'm about to say, because it's going to sound like I don't have a high view of Scripture. I do have a high view of Scripture, but the Scripture is not God. Jesus said, you search the Scriptures thinking that in them you will... This is Jesus, so get mad at him. <laughs> you search the scriptures thinking that in them you're going to find life. They simply point to me, yet you refuse to come to me, the person yes, the that word. you may have life. Yeah. So what we do is, and, and I've done it, and, and, and it's funny because my doctrinal boxes have changed, and they change, and they change, and they change. And we think that's scary because we want to sit and hear what we've always heard because it feels come on. safe. Come on. But Jesus is wanting to move us forward. <laughs> Come on. We create intellectual, analytical boxes that we call doctrine. And if Todd doesn't fit into my box, I judge him. And what we're going to find out when we're fully present with him, which can be a possibility now, by the way, we're going to find out that he wasn't even in the boxes in the first place. Who did he, who did Jesus get, did Jesus get angry? Yeah. Guys, if I came in here and threw that thing <laughs> right off the door and started flipping chairs, you'd be like, this guy's out of control. <laughs> what if, what if I made a whip? Come on. You realize Jesus made a whip. Yeah. So he was, he was, he, he was thoughtful about it. Intentional. Yeah. By the way, what's the temple today? Yeah. Right. So what's he passionate about today? Just as zealous about Come on. you Come on. and me. And he wants to drive out all the religious stuff inside of us. <laughs> Guys, the temple was supposed to be not a place where you go and worship in the sense that we think. Worship is just sacrifice, by the way. Singing praise, amazing. Worship is sacrifice. Come on. So good. The temple was supposed to be the place where the glory of God dwelled. They continued to do their religious duties, not even realizing that Yahweh was nowhere there. Mm. Yeah. He wasn't even there. They didn't even know it. They continued to go through their religion. And then when he did show up in a man, they killed him. Because he didn't fit their intellectual boxes. So the church is a governing board, but we have to govern from heaven the highest courts. Did you know in Scripture, in the Old Testament, it talks about councils of God? Did you know that Jeremiah said, I've stood in the council of God with the Elohim? <laughs> a council of Elohim, the first word used for Yahweh in the Old Testament. There's a council of sons of God. My wife is a son of God because yeah. it's a different class of being. It has nothing to do with being male or female. That's right. So we decide what comes in and what comes out. Yeah. And I'm telling you guys, we, we might as well talk about the elephant in the room, what's going on in the world. A spirit of fear has been released. That's exactly right. Thing. Come on. That's exactly okay? right. And here's what you're going to be tempted to do. You're going to be tempted to try to... Um, Quote scriptures to combat the fear and ignore that you're actually in fear because you're going to feel shame about it. You will never get free if you're not, you will never ever get free if you don't feel accepted in your mess. Parents, you need to hear that. Your Come kid on. needs to feel accepted in their mess so they can manifest the mess in front of you and get free from it. I'm not in fear. <laughs> I'm not in fear. The whole time you're quoting scripture, you're quoting it out of fear. 
And the fear that you're speaking out of your heart is manifesting in front of you. Now, there's a lot I could say about the mainstream media and the news that I will not go into. But I'm going to say this. If you're listening more to the mainstream media, and I'm not talking about you got to read your Bible all day, because we get weird about that and religious about that, too. Okay, some of us have kids, and that's impossible to sit down and read your Bible all day. <coughs> the living word is inside of Come me. on. But if you're getting your main news from the mainstream media, you are going to come under fear. Right. I'm just telling you. Right. And don't assume, I will say this. Don't assume everything they're telling you is true either. Okay? Because they are even, well, I won't even get into all that. <laughs> We've got to become, and this is what I love, this season has been awful to see people come into fear. And we almost went, came into it, my family and I, my wife and I. And I knew when this whole thing started, something fell off. Right. And what's happening is the fear of death is being confronted, and everything that masks our fears that we get distracted by was removed. And we were faced with the fear of death and we didn't have the normal distractions to defeat it. <clears throat> and so we either learn to build ourselves up in him, literally, or we come under it like the world and we, we, we react the same way they do. Right. Exactly right. When we're supposed to be a governing board ruling right. from heaven towards earth. As he is. So are we. So are we. Him. Not as he was, by the way. Yeah. John says, as he is now. Right now, currently seated in heaven. Come on. So are we. Not going to be. One day when we get there, John said, this is how we need to see ourselves in the current situation. As he is, so are we, but we're in the earth. That's offensive to the mind. That's offensive to the mind because we go, no, you're talking about Jesus. Yep, that's exactly who I'm talking about. I've shared this before, but it's been a long time ago. I'll never forget when we were, uh, we lived at, at our previous house. My office was upstairs, and I remember I had it by the window, and I was looking out the window, and I was really pressing in to uh, Ephesians, where it talks about our identity in him. And the reason I'm talking about that is, is because as we're coming back into a building, we've got to understand that what we have is bigger than a building. It can't contain it, nor should we live from this place. That we have to live from above because that's where we're born from. Exactly what Mark was talking about. We're born from above. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. You've been born from below. You've got to be born from above to rule and reign with me. So it's more than just, i got to know who I am. It's more than just quoting scriptures about who I am in Christ and all of that. You know, In is used like 90 sometimes in the, in the uh, book of Ephesians in the King James and New King James Version. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a revelation from heaven that Paul was praying for in Ephesians 1. That we start living from another world into this one because that's where we're seated. Amen. We're a new man, something that's never been before because we have dual citizenship. We're on the earth, but we're living from heaven to earth. That's what we're called to do, to live from heaven to earth, not be bound by the limitations of what we see here, but to live from heaven to earth as the new man that he's called us to live. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's good. Real, real quick, too. So in Galatians 4, by the way, I heard a guy say this the other day, and I love that he said, we've got to go from following Jesus to becoming just like him. Okay, let me say this. 
because I just remember, because I lost my total train of thought. I'm glad he's up here, because I just, because I was talking about sitting in my upstairs, looking out my window, and I was sitting at my desk, and I was reading these scriptures about my identity, and the Lord said this. He said, say that you're just as righteous as Jesus. And I said out of my mouth, he didn't say it to me audibly, but I'm sitting at my desk. I push back from my desk, and I go, no. You know why I said that? Because I know me. The humanity of me. I didn't know me. I was so familiar with my humanity, I could not see the reality of who I was. And for him to say that to my spirit and say, say that you're just as righteous as Jesus is, it was offensive to me. Because I'm like, no, I can't, I can't say that out of my mouth. He said, because you don't believe it. So you're still living from a lower understanding, a lower realm, and you can't go beyond that. You, is what the Lord said to me, you set your ceiling, I didn't. See, that's not self-righteousness. We're going to get to Hebrews in just a moment. That's not self-righteousness. That's identifying with truth, and that's who Jesus is. He is the way. He is the truth. He doesn't share truth. He is truth. Shabbat. That's who he is. And when we partner with truth, then truth begins to be what governs our lives. It's what, it's what Mark was talking about. It's outside of the boxes because he won't fit. You can't make him fit. He's never fit. Yeah. Amen. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, and Scripture is hugely important, but it's, it's revealed Scriptures, not my interpretation of it. Because you'll hear people say, my foundation is the scriptures. What that means is my interpretation of the scriptures is actually my foundation. And all that does is build our ego, our flesh, the you that you grew up with. It's not even who you are. Come on. Right. Guys, I'm just telling you right now, I know. the. I don't want to focus on the kingdom that's in darkness. They can't stand this stuff because this is what sets you actually free. Yeah. The guy said, we got to go from following Jesus to becoming just like him. Now, let me give you the difference here. Somebody betrays me. Anybody in here ever been betrayed before? By people that, that are very close to you? Yeah. You ever have that happen? Yes. In that moment when we're saying, I got to love them, I got to love them, that's trying to follow Jesus. <laughs> when love just comes out of you as a natural thing, and I'm talking a supernatural love that I'm just going to tell you, you can't do it. Right. And until you get to that point, you, you won't surrender to his love. Think about this. When, he be, when the word became flesh and had to learn and grow in wisdom, we don't like that teaching either. He, had to, <laughs> he did it as a man. Yeah. Well, he was just God. No, he did it as a man possessed by God. <laughs> right? In his worst moment, in his yeah. worst moment on the cross, naked, beaten to where you cannot recognize him. Right. He was so one with God, he couldn't die. Guys, the soldier, when he yells out, says he must be the son of God. Why? Because he's yelling. You don't yell after you get scourged. You die. The life of God was so alive in him, he had to give up his spirit. And in the worst moment of his humanity, and everybody turned their back on him. Come on. <laughs> everybody, including his best friends. Yeah. And in his worst moment, he says, Father, I'm asking that you forgive them, release them of any guilt of this. They don't know what they're doing. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. In that moment, he didn't have to say, i got to remember that I'm loved. He's hanging on a cross naked. 
so good. And I know we can do it because Stephen did the same thing when he was being stoned. Yeah. That's the difference between trying to follow him and become like and being Christ on the earth. We died with him. We are raised as him. He has forever <laughs> chosen to join himself with you and me. That's the gospel. The gospel is that when I die, I go to heaven and I'm a miserable, worthless person. Why in the world would Yahweh, why would the word become flesh and die for somebody that's absolutely worthless and no good? Come on, Mark, you're not emphasizing our sin. If I emphasize your sin, you won't get free from it. When you get close to Jesus, your sin will manifest, and he's okay with it. Come on, hold on. You'll... Did you hear what he said? No, you're not going too fast. You're not going too fast at all, brother, but I've learned some things. I'm, I'm the one that's like, like a fire hydrant you knock the cap off of, so I understand that. <laughs> But I don't want us to just blow past something anymore. What he said is this. When you manifest, it's because he loves you and so it can be dealt with. Yeah, it's not because he's disgusted with you. We get scared of that manifestation when the, the old mindset. It's not your old nature. That nature died. It died. What didn't die was your mind. That's why Romans says your mind has to be renewed. So when that old mindset or that old belief manifests in a way, it's not a time to run from him. That's a time we press into him because we're experiencing his love in a way we've never experienced it before. But that goes against our upbringing. It goes against religion, cross-grain completely. Because, oh, you should be ashamed at what you did. And that's what we peddle. We peddle shame instead of identity. Because if you know you're loved in the midst of it, just what he said when Jesus was on the cross, he, he, he gave forgiveness before he gave up the ghost. Amen. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I just, I don't want us to just blow past that because that's what we do. What we do is we come to church and we hear a lot of good stuff. We say amen, we take a few notes, and then we walk out and there's no real transition that's taking place on the inside of us. So what we become, you know what we did? We just moved a wall on our box. We didn't do what the woman did who came with the alabaster box. We didn't shatter it. What we did is we moved it a little bigger. Well, I didn't know that. I got a new wrinkle. So I put that here. And then the next time I hear it, I can say, amen. <laughs> amen. Because I have a wrinkle to retain that. But I didn't say like, I didn't meditate on it and go, huh, what does that look like when I walk out of here with the person beside me, with the person I'm going to meet? So we become religious, not intentional, but we've created factories that produce religious people. And as we do that, we feel justified in it because we feel self-righteous. But then we're, there's no real change. So now all we can do is quote a scripture that goes along with our belief instead of living like Jesus on the earth. And this is okay. A pause. It's okay. 
to take a minute and go, hmm. So go ahead. Yeah, I mean, when, when gold goes through fire, the impurities get pushed to the top. When you get close to the living fire, the Hebrews says he's an he's a um, all-consuming all-consuming fire. fire. But we've been trained. I'm just we get programmed, especially. Uh, I'll just say, especially. That thing's freaking me out. Be free, bro. Be we free get, from the eye. Listen, we get programmed. If you're the enemy. I'd say I'm going to get involved everywhere where information's dispensed so I can control people through the way they think. Schools, I'm going to control the media, and I'm definitely going to control the buildings that people go in. And I'll even use the scriptures. Does Satan use scripture ever? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why you better know the spirit of truth that leads you into all truth so you know the voice of truth. Yeah. Because the voice of the enemy loves to use scripture to shame you. (laughs) Listen, I just wanted to read this really quick in Galatians 4. I saw this the other day, and I'm like, wow. Brothers, this is Galatians 4. You don't have to turn there. Just, Brothers, I entreat you, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You did me no wrong. You know it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. And though my condition was a trial to you, you did not, here, listen to this part, you did not scorn or despise me, but you received me as a messenger of God, listen to this part, as Jesus Christ himself. Now, it's going to be honest, in the religious culture that I grew up in, if, the, if someone receives you as though you're Jesus Christ, you better rebuke him and tell him you're not him. Paul actually commends them. He doesn't rebuke them. <laughs> Why? You guys were amazing. You received me as Christ himself. Paul, that's a little weird. Yeah, you feel that, right? In the room right now? <laughs> yeah. Because he actually believed Galatians 2.20 that says, I am crucified Come on, with Christ. It's no longer I who live. The I that I've grown up that everybody's told me who Mark is. Everybody's tried to tell me who Mark is. But the voice of truth is saying that person no longer lives, but I live in you and through you. Jesus knew he was one with the Father because the Father was in him and he was in him. And he tells Philip, Philip, why are you asking to see the Father? (laughs) If you've seen me, you've seen him. We, together and individually, should be able to tell people that. Because Christ is in me, and I am in him. But we don't think that way yet. That's what Jesus prayed in John 17. Jesus prayed for us. He prayed for not just for these, but for those who will believe in my name. And here's what he prayed, that they would be one... That he said that we'll, they will be one in us that the world may believe. <clears throat> he said, help them understand that I'm in you, you're in me, and I'm in them, and that we're one. Who's he talking about? He and the Father are one. And he's talking about us and he and the Father are one. And he said, when we come to that revelation and understanding, the world will believe. We... <laughs> We, <laughs> we've read those scriptures, we've quoted those scriptures, but it's not a, a thing that we check off our box. He said, this is a reality I want you to live from. Jesus himself was praying that for us, that we would understand the unity, the oneness that we have with him. And he said, when we do, the world's going to believe. 
Okay. Yeah. And the hard, here's another thing. I said we don't think that way. I shouldn't have said, I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, don't stop saying stuff like that because I don't know. I know for me, I struggle to think that way. So I shouldn't have made that blanket statement. But I just, the way the Lord's wired me, I get very frustrated at religious systems because I've seen how trapped and angry and miserable I made actually my wife being trapped in it as a good, see how mad I get? (laughs) As a good Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So so the religious systems, it's it's a control mechanism. It's, It's... so I shouldn't have said that we don't think like that, but it's, it's contrary to our old nature that's already dead and the way we've been trained to really think that I'm one with him, to think that I am his very righteousness right now, to think that I'll, ne- listen to this, I'll ne- according to scripture, I will never be more free from sin than I am right now. The only thing on. keeping me from that reality is how much I am willing to believe that. Right? Amen. But all of this can only be revealed. Paul constantly says, you need to be given a spirit of wisdom and revelation. You need to be filled with the wisdom of God that you cannot do it yourself. It has to be revealed. We can all say, amen, Christ is in me. If he's manifesting through you, then you know that the Holy Spirit has revealed that to you. And the way you know when he manifests through you is when you're on the cross and and people hate you and come at you hard and you manifest love in that moment. Right? Because Jesus says anybody can love those that love them. So what if you become more like him and he puts you around people that don't like you so you can be him there? Maybe it's family members. Right? Right? Listen, Ephesians 3, as he was talking about that, Paul, in 1 and 3, he prays that our understanding would be enlightened. But Ephesians 3, uh, verse 10, it says this, To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. Talking about the church. It's not going to be made known by the building. Be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. (laughs) According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence. Jesus. Through faith in him. Therefore, I ask you, you do not lose heart at my tribulations for for you, which is your glory. Verse uh, 14, this is where he starts praying again. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Who's he talking about here? The church, the ecclesia, the called out community, the family. That's what he's, he's breaking it down. He's bringing it into the intimacy of it. In heaven and in earth is named. Do you notice that? Remember I told you ecclesia means not just those here on earth, but it means those in heaven and earth. And here, what did he say? In the scriptures, in your Bible, what does he say? Okay, I'll read it. For this reason, I bow my knees to, you, to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 15, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. He's not distinguishing between the two. He's saying it's un- all-inclusive. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through your spirit, through his spirit in your inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love, remember, 
love, Mark was talking about that, may be able to comprehend with all the saints the width and length and depth and height. To know the, listen to this, and this is what Mark was saying, it has to be a revealed to you, it has to be a spirit of revelation, because he says, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. It sounds like an oxymoron. It's not. Which passes knowledge that you make, because he said this goes beyond what you can comprehend and wrap your mind around. It said to an experiential knowledge of knowing him, of revelation knowledge. Now to him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works. Where is it? Yeah. Amen. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So Hebrews chapter 10. Chapter 10 verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I just have to say lot for a moment here. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. What's an evil conscience? A sin consciousness. We have to have it sprinkled. Because so, if, if you're sin conscious, you won't come boldly. You know what? You'll put above, your, uh, above the blood of Jesus your sin. You'll say, when I get this straight, then I can come. No, that's why he said, come boldly. How do you come? Through the blood of the finished work. Let me finish reading. Draw near, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That evil conscience, again, is a sin consciousness. Let us hold fast the confession of hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. So the word boldness here in verse 19, I'm just going to give the definition of a few of the Greek words. The word boldness here means this. It means an all outspokenness, a frankness, a bluntness. That'll bust a box. This is not how I'm supposed to talk to Mark. This is how I'm supposed to come before the Lord. I feel the Lord all over that. And I'm not looking for affirmation. I'm just telling you. It means boldness, all outspokenness, frankness, bluntness, assurance. If you don't believe it, look it up. Strong's concordance. By a new and living way. You know what the word new means? Previously slain. That's what new literally means. Previously slain. How? By the, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. When we believe by faith into relationship with him, we can come boldly. Not because of our works, not of works lest any man should boast. It's the gift that comes freely from God. You know what I can see in the room? Evil conscience is popping up everywhere. <laughs> Oh, Lord, because you, the, the enemy will come and say, no, you can't think that way. I know what you did yesterday. I know how you responded this morning. 
I'm not talking about actions. I'm talking about identity. It comes from being born from above. A new and living way, previously slain, fresh, living way. It li- here's what li- living way means. It means this, a thoroughfare between two population centers, between heaven and earth. Through the slain lamb, through the blood, he made a way, a thoroughfare, a place that we can frequent between heaven and earth. That's a little offensive sometimes. Verse 25. I I could say more, but I'm going to jump into verse 25. He says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves, of ourselves. The word forsaking there means to leave behind or to to desert. It Laonida, Nida, I don't know how you say it, it's another Greek scholar, it says it this way, to cease from an activity which has, uh, has, some, has gone on for some time. I'm sorry, I can't read my own writing. To cease from an activity which has gone on for some time, to forsake. And the assembling is the gathering together or a group. So he said, not forsaking, not leaving behind the assembling of ourselves together. Why? Because iron sharpens iron. Because when we gather together, the manifold wisdom of God is manifested. The word manifold is multifaceted, just like a diamond. A diamond has different facets. And what do those different facets do? They catch different uh, rays of light. and They, they uh, give off a different look. That's what we do when we gather together. Do we get fed? Absolutely, we do. And that's good. But is that our objective in coming together? No, our objective in coming together is manifesting the manifold wisdom of God. (laughs) He said in verse 24, verse 24, uh, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Consider one another in order for what? To stir up. What? Love. What did Mark say earlier? He said that when we manifest, and you know, that's why it's so important to have people that you can walk with. I've I've shared this before, but Brad McClendon has become a friend, uh, and uh, Brad manifests Jesus about as powerfully as anybody I know. And uh, I can remember I was in this situation, (laughs) and I I fleshed out. I was frustrated. I was hurt. I was offended over something. And I called Brad on the phone, and I said, man, I just got to, I got to have you right now in my life. And he said, he's got this kind of a deep voice. He said, Todd, isn't that beautiful that Jesus loves you so much? He lets you manifest that way so that he can get you free of it. He didn't say, man, I'm ashamed that you would even think that. You're a pastor. You've been saved all these years. He didn't say that. He said, isn't it amazing that Jesus loves you that much that he could man- that would manifest so that he could free you from it? And just to jump in really quick, not to interrupt the story. No, that's sometimes it. Sometimes your growth is the ability to do that and not feel shame. We think the growth is I can't do it, especially if you're a pastor. Because... Again, we've created this system where he's the high priest, which is a yeah, lie. That's right. Actually, you're each a priest. Yep. 
In the order of Melchizedek, too, by the way, which is a whole mystery in and of itself. Yeah. I just manifested in front of Todd this When we say manifest, wrong thinking getting exposed and deep-held emotion starts to come out. Did you hear that? He defined manifest. Say okay, it again. Because what we'll do is I'll be talking to my wife and anger will come out and it's not, we got to rebuke that spirit of anger that's in you. It's a demon. Get it out. So we rebuke it and if there is a demon around, of course they're going to leave to mess with you because the whole time it's not even a demon. It's just wrong thinking. Come on. Where are the strongholds? The Bible says. Not Casting the, the scriptures say. <clears throat> Casting down. It's in your thoughts, your imaginations. So here's how good God is. I don't like crying in front of people, even though I do it a lot now. Because the Lord softened my heart. Can I get an amen, Jay? <laughs> did it earlier. And I'm in the car with him. And, and because he just loves me and is just listening, stuff starts coming to the top. Stuff that, like, I'm not going to, it just was like. And then he, he said, here's the lie. And when he said it, I just broke. I start bawling, and guess what happens? We're in his car. Knock at the window. And I'm thinking, this is unbelievable. Who's at the window? My window. I turn and look, and it's this lady. And I'm just bawling. And I'm like, think, and then I look at the enemy sending a lady here the timing. And the Lord said, hey, Mark, that was me because you're terrified to cry in front of people. So I sent her to show you that. So I had to roll down the window, tears running down. She's thinking, what? I, she was like, I just wanted to let you know that first responders get a free meal at Martino's. And she felt so weird because I'm just crying <laughs> looking at her. And she's like, what is going on in that car? But he didn't feel uncomfortable at all. That father thing I told him came over him, and he just let me do it there. And he didn't say, Mark, how many times? You should be beyond this lie. Come on, man. Grow up. Toughen up. That whole thing that we grew up in, it's not. I don't see Jesus doing that. <laughs> I don't ever see him doing that. Just push through. And then what you do is you, you these, you know, anyway. Go no, 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 go, go, go. Keep going. I just think a lot of times when we push through, all we're doing is pushing down these emotions, and especially as men we do that, and our wives take the brunt of it. Because they'll see anger that no one here will see. No one, we're not going to let anybody here see it. Right. But man, we'll take it out on our wives, we'll take it out on our kids, and who we're really mad at is ourselves. Yeah. Because there's a part of our heart that actually hates ourselves, because we were actually taught to do that by religious spirits, using scripture. Man, when you face the reality of the sin in your life, Jesus immediately shows you the worth that's in you underneath all of that garbage. Yeah. And then you get free from it. So good. Has anybody been set free from feeling shame? Yeah. I'm not going to go to a car dealership and buy a, a 2002, 200,000 mile car for $80,000. So why in the world would Yahweh... Who is, his name is, Yah, I call him Yahweh because I have grew up, I grew up hearing the name God and I have a religious pathway. And this is real. This is real what I'm telling you. You have neural pathways. Come on. And so the way I grew up hearing God, it goes right there. And it's a religious thing. And you'll see a gloss go over my eyes. And I'll be honest with you. When I preach, I see it with people. So I call him Yahweh now. And it's a brand new thing. It's funny because he didn't have me change the Holy Spirit's name because I never heard about him growing up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you'll hear me call the Bible scriptures all the time. I won't call it the Bible. I won't call it the word of God is Jesus Christ. The scriptures themselves say that. Okay? The word of God is Jesus. That's right. 
When the Bible says the word of God is living and powerful, it's the word logos. It's Jesus is living and powerful. He's sharper than any two-edged sword. The yeah. scriptures are important. Don't get me wrong. But they point to Yeshua. Absolutely. And even that, <clears throat> we have this mindset of <clears throat> our Bible from leather to leather. And we go, this is everything there is about God. I've said this before. This isn't a new revelation if you've heard me speak before. God will never contradict it, but he is so much bigger and outside of it. John even said, I suppose if everything Jesus did and said were written down, the world couldn't contain the volumes. Why is that important? Because when God manifests in our lives in a way we're not familiar with, it's so easy to call it something that's not God. That's good. You know what that is? That's a religious mindset. Okay. <laughs> We'll stop with this, unless you've got something, and I don't, I'm, I'm good. But verse 25 says this. It, said, I wanted, it says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. We talked about that, not forsaking, not pulling away from the assembling. Why? As the matter of some, why? But exhorting one another. The purpose of us gathering corporately. Why do we come together corporately? Not just in this building, but when we gather corporately with believers, what's the purpose of it? He said this, <clears throat> to exhorting one another. It means to call near to invoke, to call for comfort. It, that's Strong's definition. Lal Nida says this, or Nida, however you pronounce it, says this, to call someone to be encouraged or consoled, either by verbal or nonverbal means. I want to tell you, God shook me in this just even today. Because I thought, when I first read it, my mind immediately went to nonverbal ways. Just go up and hug somebody. And not even having to say anything. I believe it's so much bigger than that. I believe nonverbal means just my presence being in the room because of who I carry can begin to shift things that's going on in someone else. Yeah. I can walk in the room and don't even have to say anything and peace will come in. You know why? Because he is peace and he lives in me and I live in him. I feel the Lord all over there. Every hair on my arm standing up. <laughs> Verbal or nonverbal. So when we come together, when we come together, we're bringing something. And sometimes it is a word of affirmation and encouragement. That's not, I'm not against that. First Corinthians talks about that. But other times, just because of who I am and whose I am, I can walk into the room and change the dynamic in the room. The Lord spoke this to my heart a long time ago. He said, Todd, I've called you to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Because the thermometer just tells you the temperature in the room. A thermostat sets the temperature in the room. And what we carry should set the temperature in the room. But it'll only happen as we come boldly before him and we know our position and condition and is right with him. That we come frankly before him, confidently before him. Not because of what we've done, but because of what he did. So when we come together, it's to exhort. It's to call near, to invoke, to call for comfort. I love that word invoke. It means to stir. It just stirs me up to even say it. That when we come together, it shouldn't just all be, oh, I love you, buddy. I love you. It should be to stir us up on the inside because there's something in him I have to have. I'm better because of him. So Paul was talking about the family in heaven and in earth. We're better because of one another, not in spite of one another. 
And the more we learn to see Jesus in one another and draw on that in one another, the more we'll see him manifest here in this room. You know, we, we're all about talking about the devil manifesting. He manifested this way. He manifested that way. But we start talking about Jesus manifesting and people's hair stands up. What do you mean manifesting? What are you talking about, brother? Jesus manifesting? You're talking about Jesus coming in the room in such a tangible way, you know that's otherworldly. I've dealt with demonic people. I've seen people freed from demonic activity. And you know, here's what I know. When the demonic shows out, it doesn't have a problem. That's what it wants to do. Why? To distract. It doesn't have a problem to show out. But when we come to church and God starts showing out, we start shutting down. How jacked up is that? Because when he starts manifesting in the room, mindset, mindset starts shifting and shattering. And we go, I don't even know how to process this. And he says, that's okay. Just stay there. It's not about processing right now. It's just being obedient to stay there. And that's what he's calling us into because that's been his intention from the beginning. Not that we come in and out and we get more astute in our understanding and I'm not anti-understanding. What did Paul pray? That your understanding be enlightened. I'm not, it's not either or. It's not either you be spiritual or you have understanding. It's not. It's both. And learning how to live in that tension sometimes and bringing heaven to earth because that's our destiny and our call. You got anything else before we you do? Stir in Colossians. Yeah, I would just say, number one, Romans 8 says that all creation's groaning. For the Waiting. revealing of something. The manifestation. And it doesn't say the revealing of Jesus. It says the revealing of the sons of God. Guys, there's trees out there that are longing for you to reveal who you really are so they can come into their glorified state. You ever seen a glorified tree? I haven't. But the scriptures talk about trees clapping their hands and singing. <laughs> Imagine if I walked by a tree and it started singing the praises of God. <laughs> See, then you'd really get freaked out. <laughs> I'm telling you, we'd go right to, that's, witch, that's weird, da, da, da. Not we, I shouldn't say that. The mindset I grew up in would. But here's another thing I thought of. What's the hope? The hope of the world, the hope of glory is Christ in, in you. you. And what he's wanting to reveal is Christ within. Christ within you. Don't look outward. The kingdom of God is within us. It's within you. Christ is in you by the Spirit. And as you walk and are led by the Spirit and you allow him to confront mindsets and you allow him to, if you're embarrassed about what people think and you really want to grow, he's going to allow that to manifest in front of people so you can get free from it and realize it doesn't really matter. That's so good. That's so good. And sometimes what we have to, sometimes what he wants to manifest is he'll have somebody come up here and say something that might be wrong, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? That's not the tree. He wants us to eat of the tree of life. Right. You want to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, all you'll do is argue, you'll have your boxes, and you'll always think you're right. Sometimes you might have someone come up here to say something wrong to manifest. You don't actually care about people. You just care about things lining up with what you actually think. <laughs> That hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> when, as I was talking about the theological boxes, 
The Lord said, how good, this is what he was speaking to me as I'm saying it. It was washing over me. How good am I that I'm allowing you to talk about it and you still have a ton of boxes, son, that I don't fit in? <laughs> Which is scary. Because I feel like I'm losing my mind. As, and I am. I'm coming into his. I That's hope I'm right. losing my mind. So Paul said, if we're out of our minds, it's for the gospel. If we're yeah, in it, it's for ex- your sake. Exactly. <laughs> Amen. So, oh, man. It's so good. It's so good. So here's what I want to do. Um, I'm just going to be bold. If you're here and you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior and Lord, what an awesome time. And we just revealed who he is and his heart for you today. Is that he loves you in spite of you, and he invites you in, into that relationship. And you go, well, you're supposed to bow your head and close your eyes. No, because here's what I know. This, this family here... They love you. And if you can't admit here, man, I don't know Jesus and I want to know him, it's going to be really difficult to live it out there. Because here you're embraced. There you may be rejected and ridiculed, mocked, but here you'll be embraced. So if you're here in the room with us today and you said, I've never accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but I want to today, would you raise your hand and say, man, I want to come into, I want to be born from above. You go, that's pretty bold. It is bold. But just as Mark said, the the Lord would have you to do that here just so he can free you of the lies of the enemy about you're not worth it, and and he wouldn't accept you. All right? The second thing, because I just want to pray. I want Mark to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Uh, If you're here and you go, man, some of the things I heard today either knocked the wall out of my box, stretched my thinking and understanding, and uh, has stirred me, and I just want you to pray for me, just like Paul prayed for them in Ephesus. I want you to pray for me that way, that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened so that I could understand, I could come to know him in a way that's beyond just not in the mental ascent. If that's you, would you be bold and raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. Praise God. That's me. So I'm going to pray, and then I want you to pray for him, just whatever God puts in your heart. So, Jesus, we magnify you. We exalt you. You are so good. Thank you for an opportunity today to stretch us outside of maybe what was comfortable, maybe, God, what we've built as our clean box of relationship. We call it relationship even, not religion, of relationship, but it's still just based on proving my perspective, not knowing you and allowing you to manifest in my life and and develop and grow that. So for each one that raised their hand, God, I thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. God, just divine encounters in your scriptures, divine encounters, whether it be angelic or from another believer who would come, just as we read, Lord, that we come together for the purpose of stirring one another up, invoking one another uh, unto our true identity. So Lord, I pray that over our body, over those watching at home, God. We just agree that today we walk out of here, not with some truth that we can mentally agree with, but even a a level of freedom that we didn't walk in with because of a, a revelation from your spirit in our hearts. So we thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for the children that are in here. And I thank you, Jesus, that you said we have it written in Scripture, unless you become like one of them, you won't even enter the kingdom of heaven. Lord, I ask that we would have the wisdom to watch kids 
They'll, manif- they don't, they'll, they'll manifest the flesh in front of people. They don't care. <laughs> Father, I thank you for your people. I thank yeah. you that they're one with you right now. Yeah. And Lord, mindsets that are in me, mindsets in people in here that, that, are, that are getting challenged. <clears throat> I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would do what you do. You lead us into all truth. Yeah. And I thank you that your word washes over us like water. Yeah. And that you clean us. And that we are already clean, as you told Peter. Yeah. Thank you, God. I pray that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that we would see who we already are yeah. in you and who you are in us. <clears throat> we want to be free. We want to believe that we are free. And we want to see where you're working that we may think it's something else. Show us these things. We're yeah. desperate. Yeah. Because we don't know in our own. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, I have a couple of announcements, and then we'll do our offering uh, declaration, and we'll release you. Uh, just of some things coming up. We talked about some of the changes that's taken place here. One, uh, in leadership, Jeff and Abby have taken the role position of deacons in the church, and uh, they were on our leadership, eldership kind of a team. They've, they've taken, and it's not a step down, they've stepped into a deacon type of role. And that's important because deacons deal tremendously in the area of helps ministry and things like that. Just making sure that what we do, we do right, we do with excellence. They carry that on them, and I'm super excited about them walking in something that they're gifted in. And uh, what that's going to look like in our church, how we're going to see uh, growth in, in those areas because of that. Also... Uh, to let you know that we are uh, not just because of summer, but we're going to take a break from small groups, and we're going to start gathering corporately here midweek. We're going to do it uh, either on a Tuesday or Wednesday night yet. We're still working on those things uh, to work with our, our worship team and things like that. But we're going to come together, and we're gonna stre- we'll still be streaming it on our Facebook page, um, our, the River Family page. But we're going to come together to, to go deeper. I don't want to call it a school of the spirit. I don't want to call it, I just want to call it, we're coming together to grow in him. It's not going to just be a time of teaching. What the basic format is going to look like is we'll come together from 7 to 8. There'll be like 20 minutes of teaching. There'll be 20 minutes of Q&A. Then there'll be 20 minutes of activation or prayer. And it's not going to be rigid to where if, it's, if we get outside of that, oh, we miss God. No, I'm just telling you, this is the template that we're going to start with. Why? Because we're not going to sit here and give you an hour worth of information, go home and say, hope you can do something with that. We're going to, we're going to have some teaching. Then we're going to have some time to interact and ask questions. And then we're going to have a time to activate in that so that we're not just gaining knowledge and not growing. Because what I've learned, especially through this season, is there's a lot of people with a lot of knowledge. And exactly what Mark said when we started is they, re- they recite scriptures out of a head knowledge, but there's no freedom because they're still bound in fear. They have an understanding, they have a knowledge about the scriptures, but not the truth that's been revealed from the scriptures to walk in the power that, that's contained in it. Because it says, in us is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead right now. Not coming one day, but right now. So to grow in a greater revelation, understanding of that. Also, we're going to, uh, we're shaping our children's ministry again. And we're going to um, consolidate even more 
the older kids are going to be in here at, at a younger age. <laughs> that makes sense. So the, the, the classroom that we're going to provide, we're going to provide for uh, up to, I just went blank, five. Yeah, we're going to provide classes up to five on a Sunday morning. And you go, well, what about my eight-year-old? They'll be with you. And we're going to start teaching about that some on Wednesday nights, how to parent effectively. And you go, oh, that's hard. Why are you saying that? Because I want to love you. I want to father you in, a, in the Lord. I don't want to live for you or you have to live from me. I'm not your high priest. But we ought to grow up in these things. And we ought to learn, and our kids have to learn how to hear God. If we're always pushing them out, they're not hearing. I'm not saying it's going to stay that way forever, but this is where we are right now in this season. The classroom's going to move from the back to the front, which will help tremendously when, when they get to express themselves and they're excited. It won't be coming right through that door. <laughs> Praise the Lamb. So uh, there's some other things that we're going to talk about, but we want to, we're not going to do what we've done in the past and just launch something on a wing in a prayer. Because as I said, I'm not anti-excellence. I'm 100% for excellence. But in doing that, it means things may look a little different as we move forward. And that's intentional, and I want you to understand that. So that's why. And, and what our Wednesday nights are going to look like, I told you that. But the way that we're going to run them is the first two Wednesday nights will be that study type. It'll be the, that first, if it's Wednesday or Tuesday. It'll be the study, the 20-20-20, if you will. And then the third Wednesday night or Tuesday night will be a night of corporate prayer where we come together and we pray. It's not... A Bible study under the code name of prayer. We're actually going to come together and pray together for an hour. It doesn't mean you have to pray for an hour solid, but you're going to be part of a corporate body that's praying. Yeah, it feels good when it stops hurting. And then the last, the last uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, when there's four in a month, will be a time of fellowship. We'll come together. We'll have a meal together. We're just going to sit out there, fellowship, and just spend time together here, not in smaller groups, but here. And it might not be a big group, and I'm okay with that, but we're going to be intentional about growing relationally. And when there's a fifth Tuesday or Wednesday, it'll be a night of worship. That night will be just worship, praise, and uh, coming together, celebrating who he is. Is that clear? That's mud. You'll hear more about that coming. Uh, but we wanted to let you know these are changes that are happening as we've been, we've had this Selah moment to think about what we're doing and are we just doing things because we've done them or are we doing them because they're impacting people's lives. And uh, we want to be very intentional about helping you and uh, to develop and grow. So that's what it looks like right now. A few more things will come later, but as we work out the details on those. But just wanted to have everybody on the same page because as we start gathering, it's going to look a little different, and that's not any other reason other than we're intentional in what we're doing for everyone. Uh, so, all right, we'll do our, did you have something? Okay. Come on down. It's easier to talk in this one than this one. Yeah. Um, so, we've kind of missed some things that we had planned, like for our cookout and stuff like that. So, um, remember our chili cook-off? Mm. How many of you have been practicing over this time when you've been at home? Bobby, have you tried any, have you practiced anymore or you just gave up on it? <laughs> Always working. <laughs> so in June, we're going to have our chili cook-off. So get your 
recipes together and we'll set the date and let you know. I'll contact, I still have the list for whoever signed up, so I'll contact you and um, touch base with you. And when we decide on the date, um, maybe the first Sunday or the second Sunday, not sure, the third Sunday is Father's Day, so we don't want to do that. But, oh, um, yeah, but get a bunch of men gassed get up. Get your recipes together and we will let you know. I think we should do it Father's Day. Like a free pass day. <laughs> free pass for the fathers. All right, we're going to do our offering declaration and uh, we'll, we'll leave, I think. Do we have it? Yeah, as we t- receive today's offering, we are thanking you for heaven open, our hearts awaken, and a spirit of wisdom and revelation. We boldly proclaim that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We are powerful and purposeful, faithful and not fearful. Hold on. You know, the Lord had me rewrite this last year, and I'm just amazed now as I read through it. I mean, even the things that we talked about today, as I read through this, it wasn't coincidental. Uh, It's just how far ahead of us he is, because it was six or eight months ago that we changed it. Uh, I really felt the Lord say it's time to, to, anyway. We worship today with passion and pursuit, knowing the enemy is defeated and that we are seated in victory with Christ. We give today with joy and thanksgiving, declaring your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We live today from heaven to earth and proclaim that by your love and grace, we will never be the same in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. If you have some questions or something, Mark said he'd be glad to take questions. Uh, so Joyce, everybody, Joy, everybody's pointing like this. Joyce, if you'll come up with your painting, then we'll be uh, released to go manifest Jesus in the earth today. It's funny. I love how... It, you know, it's been a, been a minute since we've been in here, and it was funny <laughs> watching people pointing to Joyce in the corner. Nobody puts Joyce in the corner. <laughs> That's for you, baby. It's wet. Just a little. I'm good. <laughs> it's been so long I haven't got to remind you, and you <laughs> forgot. <laughs> um. So I was at my favorite place this week, um, uh, which is anywhere on the water. Um, and I started painting, and Julie walked up to me, and she says, I don't care if you don't touch it again. That is powerful, and it's beautiful. And I told her she needed to give the word for it, but she wouldn't. <laughs> but she saw a whirlwind. And she said it was just a whirlwind of the Spirit of God that was getting ready to just pour out on the river. And what I was thinking as I was praying, it's Pentecost this week. Yeah. And I had been praying through all this madness that the Spirit of God would just come and just pour out over this nation and over the church. We, His church. And the last time our small group did get together at Bobby and Leanna's, um, Nathan and I got there Joyce, late. The microphone needs to be near your mouth, not yeah. your ear. 
I got there late, and Nathan and Brittany had already been in this conversation about what does the Holy Spirit look like? And that was a fun conversation. That surprised me. But, I mean, even how he manifested in the Old Testament all the way into the New Testament. And then, like I said, that's actually what I had started out painting, was thinking, of. okay, what what would it look like? And then Julie came up, and it's like the whirlwind. And it was like he manifested in the whirlwind. And how he talked to Job, how he talked to just different ones in the whirlwind. And other times he didn't talk in the whirlwind. But it was just like there was just constant outpouring. There's this constant purifying. And then everything you guys said, it's like, I'm just waiting to pour out on you if you open your arms and accept it. Amen. So this is just outpouring. And I like to bless Jessica and Mark with it. (laughs) Amen. This is for you guys. (laughs) Amen. So we love you and greet one another according to your conviction in this moment. And you are free to move about the building. We love you all. God bless you. Thank you for being with us.